Welcome to the Founders with Purpose podcast, where I interview early stage founders about their mission, why they chose startup life, and how they will get where they're going. I'm your host, Darian Parrish, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, we have Tim, the co-founder of StackSource here. Tim, thank you for being here. Could you uh, share with the listeners what StackSource is? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Darian, for having me on the podcast. Uh, so I'm Tim, co-founder of StackSource, and we are an online financing portal for real estate investors. So we get people loans on buildings that are not homes. Got it. And so is this something that you uh, noticed the problem yourself and, and thought, I need to solve this? Um, or how did you come across this, this as a problem? And uh, why are you passionate about the space? Sure. So I basically grew up around the real estate industry and in that my dad was a successful commercial real estate broker. Uh, and when I, I basically, he, he told us stories around the dinner table of these real estate negotiations in, in New York City in the epicenter of commercial real estate. And I thought it was cool, but when I was going through college and studying finance and I interned at a big real estate company, I also didn't think, oh man, this is where I fit in. Um, I was the smart spreadsheet kid in the corner. And the big brokers that had these multi-million dollar deals and huge billionaire clients, um, they were wheeling and dealing sales guys on phones, like cranking and you know, making these relationships and you know, making the, a, a billion calls and staying late hours. And I just, I didn't, that didn't resonate with me. It's something that I wanted to do and wanted to pursue or that necessarily I would be the best at. Um, but I also saw that they were kind of dinosaurs when it came to technology. Um, you know, the, the people that were winning were just those that were making the most phone calls and meeting the most clients after drinks. And uh, I always loved tech companies. So I spent several years working for big tech companies that were uh, headquartered in Silicon Valley. And I got back to real estate and discovered this opportunity in real estate fintech because I went to a real estate tech meetup after years of working in tech and really got reacquainted with real estate and saw that tech was starting to take a foothold in real estate. And yet the financing process was still very much uh, untouched in places where I thought, well, it's so obvious that you should be able to log into a portal and see who are all the financing options for this property versus that one or this size transaction versus the other one. And it just didn't exist. And that was mind boggling to me that with all the real estate tech happening and gaining VC dollars and gain, gaining traction and big name and PR, there was no financing portal that made any meaningful progress. And so that uh, I did have some background in the industry, though I wasn't necessarily like the client that wanted that process, but I had enough exposure and contacts and then talked to 100 people in the industry to validate before jumping in. Got it. And you you mentioned a background in technology, and and we were just just talking about the name before for the we got started recording here. Uh, we have some developers uh, who listen and and uh, all familiar with Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange, and um, maybe this is likened to the tech stack. Is is that how the name came about? So it sounds absolutely like a tech company, like Stack this and Stack that, but actually it's based on real in real estate finance, the money that goes behind a building. So the equity and the debt and the, any other money that goes into the building, that's where that's referred to as the capital stack. 
And so we were taking all these real estate words and we had an initial different name for the project. It was just like the name of the street I was living on at the time as we were like validating it. Uh, so that was called Bloomfield because I was living on Bloomfield Street. And then um, we couldn't get the .com for Bloomfield because it was too expensive. And so we were trying to figure out what domain name like could we get and you know how do we rebrand this? And we've, we've kept throwing together. We had a big spreadsheet of all of like these real estate finance words, capital stack and like funding and all this. And, and we discovered that stack source, like sourcing the capital stack was available. Nobody had bought it. We didn't have to buy from anyone as a .com. And so that's how we ended up being stack source, but it sounds exactly like a tech company too, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I think to, to some extent you, you're coming at this from a technology angle, right? How, how do we simplify or decrease the friction in this process? Um, using technology. So it sounds like, you know, you, you did have some interest in solving this problem um, and it wasn't something that you necessarily just came across in the course of your normal day. Did you want to build a startup? Was that your goal or did you just stumble into to startup life? Um, I would say I had a slow boil towards becoming a founder. Like, so some people are just like, all right, I had a lemonade stand as a kid. And then like, I, I got my first sales job at 14. And like, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily like I was as a teenager, I was probably like playing sports and video games in equal measure. And like, but um, I always loved technology and I always wanted to be a tech company employee. Well, ever since college, right. I was studying finance and, I almost double majored in computer science and I maybe I could would have had some benefit in doing that, but I didn't. And I, but I, I had some credits in computer science. I, I majored in finance, but like I was in college when like smartphones were becoming popular and um, you know, the, uh, there was so much, you know, it looked like this inflection point and it was the beginning of everyone wanting to really work for tech companies and for startups. And I didn't work for startups right away. I worked for big at this time, Google was my first job out of college and it was kind of big corporate tech at that point, even though it was like awesome and the company was so cool. And honestly, it was like my dream job right out of college. I, you know, we were being fed by chefs, um, doing like cool work and like meeting a bunch of smart people. And I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but that didn't bother me yet. Um, and I started getting a startup itch because we in, in my division of Google and advertising technology on the publisher side, I, we, we acquired in another startup that was like 100 people. And some of those people like inexplicably to me over the next year or two, like started leaving. And I was like, what are you doing? Like you, you got here, like you made it, you made it into Google. This is so awesome. And like, you know, so and, and but I started learning about like some of these people like just wanted to be back at a smaller company because they wanted to build things. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. It's like, cause I, I had become friends with these people like in our division and they were leaving. And then I got the opportunity to follow one of them to a startup and be like the first person in a, a role, like a new, a new function for them. And I took it because I was in getting increasingly curious about like startup life and not just being at a tech company, but like actually starting to like build a function and like, have more responsibility. And I loved it. I loved the startup culture, that startup in particular, like had an awesome culture. And like, we loved like the work and like we were working hard because we were building something. And that got acquired by another big tech company. And then I was kind of back at back at the machine of like another huge Silicon Valley tech company. Um, and again, like great perks and benefit and pay. But at that time, my startup itch was intensifying. Like, 
I wanted to be at a small or not just to be at a small company, but I really wanted to see, could I be a founder? Could I build like, and actually I wanted to learn what I could learn through that. Like I knew there's a bunch of things that I probably don't know about like how to build a, a successful and like profitable business. And, and I really wanted to learn that. So yeah, I definitely the itch was, you know, becoming more intensified as it went. Yeah, I appreciate that insight. And I think there's there's other folks um, here in Seattle where I'm located that are at big tech companies, you know, a lot of a lot of big tech companies here and, uh, you know, some of my colleagues at Google. And there's actually a new firm here called Venture Out that helps people leave big tech and start their own mm -hmm. firms because they recognize that uh, it's hard to see from the inside that you can go out and do it. And yeah. uh, but there are these people um, maybe having that slow boil that you described. So um, turning back to Stack Source, what is uh, something about Stack Source that you think is um, something that listeners wouldn't understand from the face? Uh, you know, maybe people who aren't as well versed in real estate, maybe what's like a trend that you're capitalizing on and you see uh, sort of expanding your opportunity over time? Yeah. Uh, so real estate tech is actually a pretty big vertical. Commercial real estate and like residential real estate are like two of the biggest asset classes in the country and in the world. Like there's the stock market and that's like the total value of companies. And then there's the real estate market, which is like the total value of land and buildings. And like unless you're in the real estate industry, you may you may not know much or Maybe you you get make some money in tech being a software engineer and like you're investing into real estate, but you you have to kind of seek it out. Like, you know, automatically, like if you're investing your money, it's probably going into like stocks and bonds through some 401k. When people become active investors, real estate is one of the most popular, like active investments. It's actually picking a building and like that building may become more or less valuable, just like a stock may become more or less valuable. And so this real estate investment market is huge uh, and everything that's not a, a home that's like a single home that somebody lives in either you're buying to live in yourself or you're buying it to rent it out it would be considered commercial real estate so office buildings industrial is super hot right now uh, with, with warehouses and distribution centers for you know your seattle amazon is like opening up so many distribution centers and um you know medical and retail and hotels and, and apartment complexes are all these major asset classes these sub asset classes within commercial real estate um it's like historically a great performing asset class and it doesn't fully correlate to like the stock market as a matter of fact there's really low correlation to the stock market and if you're good at it like you can actually buy a property and make it more valuable you know rather than just like owning a few shares in like a big company and stock so it's a very, very popular active investment asset class. Um, and the financing of it is the side that we're on. Like, how do we get the loan to buy that apartment complex or that local retail center or a medical office building? Um, it's just like super old school. And usually like you've you've called a, a guy in a suit in a big city that like knows all the right bankers and the right um, financiers. And like you have to pay him an advisory fee to get you the right loan. And we're we're bringing that online. Got it. And so to understand this a little further, um, the could someone uh, who's running a real estate fund, uh, I know some folks who here in Seattle run like distressed funds and um, they they normally have their network of finance uh, financiers. And so how would they potentially use the platform or is it meant more for um, individual investors? 
Yeah. Uh, so our, we have several clients uh, at this point that are like real estate investment shops that have teams that have acquisitions people and analysts and, and principals. And the principals are the, usually the ones that are raising the money or raising the fund or they're syndicating investment by investment. And so we actually have several clients in that category. Uh, and StackSource, the first 50 loans we did on the platform were all very small balance loans, the types of loans that like are being underserved by the big brokers and the people aren't sure where to go and maybe they're individuals. But as we've grown, we've really grown into that middle market space and those like, you know, 10 to $50 million transaction size. Uh, and we're doing a lot of those now. Um, so in the first couple of years of operating the startup, none of us. Now, more and more. Um, and the value we have to, to the, the person who's doing their first investment or two is a little bit different. It's here's how you do this. And we're going to explain the terms and we're going to make this super easy. Now that continues into the middle market. We're going to make it super easy and transparent and show you, great, you have your network of a few local banks and credit unions and you have some debt funds that you worked with. But StackSource at this point, more than any individual investor or individual you know, borrower or real estate fund, we're talking to so many financial institutions on a day-to-day -day basis and figuring out what they're lending on, what their terms, that we're usually the first to know that some niche credit union has a new lending product that is really competitive in like some niche in the market. And if you're working on a deal like that, or you're doing a new construction loan, like missing that hot source of capital can cost you and your capital is going to be more expensive. So they don't care about like they, Hey, let, it, let us explain these terms and how a prepayment penalty works. It's more, can we find a hot source of capital that we wouldn't have found on our own? And like, are you tapped into that? And the answer increasingly is yes. As we have like, you know, year one, we had our first couple dozen financing sources on the platform, but now we have like 700 and we're keeping track of, you know, who's doing what. Yeah, that that's quite impressive. And how are you uh, bringing users onto the platform and how does that differ from maybe what you thought, thought you would, how you thought you would do it in the early days? Yeah. Well, the first prototype was like a SaaS platform where you could use our like financing tool to make your process more efficient. And that was in, that was entirely wrong as a business model. Um, it, it could have worked with a little bit more funding for like a certain subset of the market, but like that subset was too narrow and that wouldn't have been a good business model. And so we pivoted towards all right, there's a financing fee, but we have all these capital sources and we're going to make the process super easy and we are going to get you the best financing. And um, since that point, it's been a, it's been a growth of the number of capital sources. And but we need to have deal flow from someone. We need to have these borrowers that want these loans. Um, and that has been driven largely by content generation actually has been like one of the most valuable things that we've done over the last three and a half to four years. It's just like Every time, and now I was not a 20 year commercial real estate financing, you know, veteran coming into this. I had enough connections in the market and like some family members in the market, but I was basically teaching myself like the nuances of what's going on in these commercial financing transactions as we were rebuilding the platform rather than from relationships up from the, from the internet. Up. And so I have actually, every time I've learned a new, like, here's what can go wrong, or here is like a, a quirk of like this type of lender versus that one. I've written blog posts about it. I've, I've written like a hundred blog posts about like the, the nuances and the, and this is usually something you have to hire an expert, like, and, you know, sign away an exclusive right to your deal before you learn these things. And those articles and that, that content generation has been like 
one of the biggest drivers of leads for us as we've become like the page one on Google authority on like a bunch of topics on commercial real estate financing. Wow, that that's really phenomenal. And I think uh, a lot of the listeners and entrepreneurs and founders out there are probably wondering, um, you know, how to run a successful uh, content regime. And it sounds like one of the things you're saying is uh, those those really high value pieces of information that normally would be sort of walled off and you're just making them open and, and freely available. I think, I think that's great. So Tim, as we wrap up here, I uh, want to give you one chance to just uh, talk about anything on StackSource that we haven't discussed yet. You know, uh, what, what do you want to share going into 2021 or the back half of 2021 and uh, any, any insights or things that are on your mind? Yeah, I'll throw one more in there that could have even fit in the last question because we just came out with a new free tool. Uh, so if you are a real estate investor or you're interested in like buying like maybe your first commercial property or you're a fund and you're buying your 50th, um, we just came out with a tool and it's our browser extension. So we've, we've taken all this knowledge of which lenders are providing what types of quotes and we've distilled that into here are the quotes actually happening in the market and in places like we can give you an automated soft financing quote. Now we've taken that ability and that kind of engine of what is a commercial financing quote look like for a property by property. We're actually freeing it from our own UI and saying, bring this wherever you want. Install the Stacksource browser extension once, and then you can go to commercial property listing sites. Look at the, the you know an apartment building on one broker's website, then go to a popular listing platform and look at a retail property and it will insert the financing math and knowledge from our database into the page. And it will tell you, hey, here's a likely financing quote. And you can combine that with what if I bought the property at this price? And it'll tell you what your investment returns might look like. It's not, it does not replace the need for like actually understanding what's going on with this real estate and these assets and doing a full underwriting. It's considered kind of like a, a quick screening tool that's more effective than just like jotting down a few numbers and doing a division problem. It'll be more precise and faster. So the Stacksource browser extension is brand new. It's an open beta. Uh, it's free. So I'd encourage anybody that's in the real estate market, take advantage of it and like check it out and please give us feedback. Yeah, that's great, Tim. And and we'll definitely provide links in the show notes to, to your website and the beta of the browser extension. I think that's, that's a very use, sounds like a very useful tool. Um, Tim, I really appreciate the time. Uh, everyone, we've had Tim, the co-founder of Stacksource. Uh, Tim, thank you so much. Darian, thank you. That's it for this episode. Please be sure to follow Founders with Purpose and tune in again soon.